Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League Ramp, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we are back for another week off a shortened round and uh, not exactly the most impressive of rounds, and that's the reason we would like to see standalone origin, bro. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been banging that drum, and this uh, that debate always seems to come up at this time of the year, but uh, it doesn't look like we're going to get it in the foreseeable future, so we're just going to have to deal with uh, the reality of, of what is those shortened rounds and some lower-quality football. That's, that's an absolute definite... Because it was it was a poor weekend, that's for sure. Well, a little bit of justice served, and I think I said it last week. I was supposed to do Wyong Mounties, and Wyong obviously heavy affected being a Roosters feeder. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this round they still beat Mounties somehow, so um, it was good to see that uh, you know that didn't end up affecting their campaign. But as it did with Brisbane and a few other teams who obviously struggled without their rep players. But moving on, set of six to start this week. Six topics, any questions, discussion points we want to talk about? Tackle one. Uh, this one's for me. I watch the Bulldogs, I know we bring them up plenty of times and we harp on bits and pieces, but honestly, watching them again on the weekend in the halves and just all parts of the spine, I know Kieran Foran's going the next year, a lot of people are freaking out saying they're automatically a premiership favourite. And we've spoke about before, we don't know what's happened with Alicia or Hoppolato. Honestly, Foran can't save that side on his own. No. There's not enough there for him. And uh, if Alicia's not there, if Hoppolato, who now is going to play Sundays, is not going to be re-signed, I don't know who's playing fullback and who's playing hooker for him. Because, no. let's put it this way, Zach Wolford was signed from Canberra out of the 20s, has barely been playing cut, and if he has, he hasn't been doing that well. Craig Garvey's had a couple of looks. He goes okay, but he's not an 80-minute hooker. Uh, and as far as fullbacks are concerned, Will Hopper-White is safe. That's about the best word I can use for him. Yeah, I tend to agree. Tend to agree. Look, well, the perfect case study is, is the New Zealand Warriors. They've got a better roster, I think, across the field than what the Bulldogs do, and Kieran Foran's had a, a large impact on them, but there's still a 50-50 chance to even make the top eight. So he's not going to save them in their entirety. You're right. They, they need to get the key position sorted out. Uh, if they are going to move on from... Well, they've, they've moved on from Reynolds, but if they are going to move on from Leisha and Hopawade, they want to have some good replacements in mind. I'm not sure Frawley's a long-term answer. So, uh, you know, you've only really got Mbai and foreign and even in buy, I think he's overpaid. They've they've overpaid him oh, massively. He's on seven hundred and fifty k, and he's still got I think three seasons after this. Yeah, it was a bit of a panic signing that one. So they've got themselves in a little bit of a hole in terms of their cap and their roster. That's for sure. And I think there's bigger issues at the Bulldogs at the moment. You've seen the resignation of well, resignation as it's been mm. publicly documented, but uh, it looks like Raylan Castle's been pushed out as well. So. There's a little bit going on there. There was a push at the start of the year, obviously, to try and get rid of Des Hasler. So, yeah, a lot going on at the Bulldogs, and they're a club that doesn't lie down for long. If they are, you know, missing the eight, and 
Well, they haven't theoretically missed the eight in what four or five years now. But like, oh, it's been a they while. They didn't miss it last year, so I don't think it's been since that year after Kamali and that went there and they went on a great run and two thousand and ten really maybe? positive, and then the year later they fell apart. And, yeah, I'd have to go yeah. back and check it because I don't know. And that, that was a random one out of the blue when uh, who was coaching? that was two thousand and nine. They made the preliminary final and Parramatta beat them, and then I think two thousand and ten. They fell away a little bit. Mm, they were straight back out there. I think that might be the last time they were so. out. Yeah, so. but ever since ever since Hasler's been there, they've they've made the eight. So there's a lot going on at the Bulldogs. But I, I think you're right. You, the stocks are in your key position players, and that's what they've got to get sorted ASAP. Well, even alongside that, and that's only a quick side note to move on, even looking at the forwards, to be honest, I don't really have the high opinion of Woods. He's not going to turn that around. If they're going to strip out Cassiano, Eastwood, and a few others... Uh, guys that played on the weekend, like Denny Fualo, why solid? There again, they're not game changers. So yeah. I don't know if Kieran Foran's moving into a better paddock, to be honest. I think he would have been better off staying where he is. I tend to agree. Um, yeah. yeah, that's just what I got out of the weekend. Number two, the Sharks, honestly, they're the ultimate grinders. That's what I've taken out of the weekend. That's five times this year they've been down at half time and found a way to win. And even more significant again on the weekend. I know that there was a couple missing from the Bulldogs, but second half, when you look at who was missing the more dynamic plays, all the ticks in the boxes go to the Sharks. Andrew Fafita, offloads, footwork, great impact. Wade Graham, left edge, he can create tries, he can score them, he's got a left foot kick. Uh, Jack Bird, dynamic, plays through the middle. Maloney, their key half. And then on top of that, there's one more I'm not even thinking about right now because I've just had an absolute brain fade. Wade Graham. Wade, oh, I've already mentioned Wade Graham. There's one more I'm missing. Out of who? Uh, for the shark side, because they have—is it five out? Boyd for feeder. Uh, Bird for feeder. Yeah, Bird for, for feeder. feeder. They did well. They didn't have Valentine Holmes out. Maloney. Ah, oh, sorry, do I say Holmes? Bloody! Oh, I've lost my train of thought. But anyway, back to the key point: the guys they were missing were a lot more dynamic and important to their point scoring ability. Uh, they found a way to win again. The Bulldogs, again, knocking on them. Absolutely no direction in the second half, and I can't believe how good the Sharks have been with, at the same time, struggling uh, at, in you know patches of games where they complete poorly or they just struggle. They seem like they're down and out, but they just keep finding a way. And again, on the weekend, take four or five plays out of their side, and they still found a way to win that yeah, game. Yeah, they've got Bird, Graham, Fafita, Maloney, and that's it. So they got four out. I got yeah. it wrong. And, I had one and extra. The, uh, the Bulldogs only have... Had Clemmer, Clemmer, Jackson, and... Morris. Yeah. So I know they missed a couple of forwards, but Spine, again, that's what probably brought more to my attention on the weekend. Also depth. Uh, to have the luxury to bring Fulmano Brown in, and who would pro- probably start. Well, hasn't he just signed with the Bulldogs? He's going to the Bulldogs, but they're talking... That's he, a good signing. They're talking about him as a hooker option, because that's what he played to the juniors. So yeah. you know, he's played a lot more six the last few years. I did like him as a nine when he was younger. They love to pillage uh, the Sharkies for a player, don't they? So, yeah, they sure do. But um, yeah, just, Whether he's going to fit into that system as well, Fulmani Brown's a guy that likes to get out and um, play a bit of footy, and look what it's done to Leisha. Like, I, I didn't see a lot of Leisha pre-first grade, but I said from what it, I've seen, I haven't been really impressed. I said it to you about, look what happened to Innes when he left. He's the he's the death yeah. of number nines. He likes his nines to just dish and make their tackles. But Maybe you should sign someone like Peter Wallace yeah. or a McInnes. Like, it, look look now. He's perfect for it. McInnes would be perfect because... because the Dragons are basically playing that middle game, and he, he looks like a superstar. Yeah, well, not saying he's not a superstar, but I'll he's definitely in the right system. I'll throw another one out here probably fits what they do is Mitch Rain. I know they're talking about other yeah. teams like the Titans and Newcastle looking at it's a good depth player. Mitch Rain just makes 50 tackles, and if there's a quick play of the ball, he runs. Yeah. He doesn't overplay his hand or try to create. He'd probably suit what the Bulldogs doing as well. But um, Yeah, I was just really impressed again on the weekend. Townsend took control. New Brown chipped in well. I thought Holmes shrugged off his... 
uh, Origin snubbing quite well, and Lewis, Gallen, Matt Pryor back in there, all those guys, they did a really good job. And they've obviously got pretty good depth, but uh, just more impressed missing so many dynamic, dynamic players, they still found a way to win. Yeah, I agree. Tackle three, absolute insanity by our mate Laurie. Talk Laurie, of- Laurie Daly, talking about playing Jack Bird at hooker. Because he's just a good football player. Is this just a, this is a beat up? Surely. surely. Well, they're it's talking. Pizza's going to need a break at some point. And I was no, like, he's well, not. if Jack Bird is your alternative, th- not that I think he can do anything wrong in ten minutes. I don't mind it I, I, because I, I'd like to see him get in there late in halves and yeah. run, run from dummy half and just part. Like he, he, there's three things you need to be able to do: pass. Obviously, run the ball with a bit of leg speed out of nine, which he can do, and defend in the middle. He can do all three he of those things. So he's played six, so he can pass. I don't have a huge, um, huge issue with it. If it's, particularly if it's here and there for five or ten minutes, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. But for I think James Hooper and those guys have sort of beat this up into something bigger than what it is, or probably not Hooper because Hooper's only reporting on it. It's, but you know for everyone is. to sort of pick the ball up and run with it, it's because there hasn't really been a big issue. A yeah. big storyline in the, in this week. It's, it's been a very quiet build-up to this game. It's because so. there's 10 days of this crap. That's why. So well, that's my just, point. There hasn't really up. been a big story, has it? They always try and find something, but every day there's something useless. And you haven't had... Uh, well, and particularly with Jonathan Thurston yeah, well, declaring himself unfit so early, that was going to be the storyline. Well, Wayne Bennett's the one who made that happen earlier, I think. And yeah. Queensland with... Kevin Walters obviously... Well, I disagree. I think, I, no, I don't think so. I, I genuinely think that they thought, well, we're just going to bring him in until Friday or whatever because they thought he was a long shot to play anyway. They just wanted to get their doctors to have a look at him. And you know he's going to be there anyway to help out. So, Well, I'm still hearing he might not be right for game two, so I still don't mm. know why they bothered bringing him in. And the no, talk but I think he would have just... been there anyway. Yeah. You're going to bring him in anyway. He so would have I... been. But it's just silly. The talk around it, like he's clearly hurt, and I said the other way. They tried to get Lola here desperately, and you know about his previous shoulder injuries and the grade of the tear he's got is already close to a 12-week injury. Mm. So he's already pushing it, even thinking about coming back and playing. I, I honestly think he'll be lucky to play in game two. Um, but yeah, I just... Bird to play night, as long as it's not like a planned tactical thing for a long period of the game, I think that's okay. But uh, looking at it the other day, I'm more with you. I think 10 days of build-up, they get a lot of time to talk about some useless stuff. Queenslanders uh, haven't had the flu or diarrhoea yet. And then I saw one story yesterday that someone's got diarrhoea in camp and yeah. it's been isolated again. So it's a bit of the same old stuff. I think it's but, more just there's a lack of a story. He might play a little bit of time there, but for 75% of the game, Pete's going to be there definitely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, tackle four. New Zealand captain is Adam Blair. It's been announced this far out. Your thoughts on that? And I know my big thing, even though looking at it, you know, they're missing Bromwich. They've got Proctor obviously out, and he's obviously guaranteeing Blair his spot. But Can't, can't they give it to Jason Tamalolo? Well, but you think he'd pick somebody? He's just, picked a ten-year, he's just signed a ten-year deal. Or two of us, the Sheikh's the captain of the Warriors. I think he's doing a fair sure, job at Johnson, that. Johnson, Kieran Foran, like a guy that's going to be on the field for eighty minutes is probably more ideal as well. Blair, this is this is Blair Swan song. Let's face it; he's not going to play after this World Cup. And not to say that he's not a good role model, but he's, he's I, certainly not the sort of guy that I want as my captain. I think he does. Oh, I said it when he played at Melbourne. He made me frustrated at times, but I thought he always played his best football, yeah. much like David Kimball when he did play for New Zealand. But I'm more in the thought of your track that you put someone who's probably going to be there beyond this year. It's just uh, probably just a sign that, look, it's going to be short-term and then it'll go back to Jesse Bromwich. Possibly. We'll just have to see what happens there. I don't have a huge problem with it, but again, declaring it this far out as well, I thought was a bit odd why they needed to name one right now. But yeah, it does seem a bit weird. Adam Blair. Number five. This one's your one. Ricky versus Robbo yesterday. Ricky Stewart and uh, obviously Trent Robertson. 
Yeah, a few barbs thrown. Ricky came out during the week and said that he'd love to have five rep players and yada, yada, yada. And then yesterday after the after the game in the press conference basically accused the Roosters of cheating in the ruck and that teams cheat in the ruck and the referees aren't aware and that they're stifling Josh Hodgson by the markers not standing square and sort of getting him to pass off the deck. Uh, Trent Robinson then came in and said, look, if Ricky wanted rep players and he should have allowed his players to play in the City Country game... Um, and then there were some comments around, you know, do you think uh, this, do you think the competition is stifled by the evenness of the competition at this time of the year? And he sort of said, well, that's what the salary cap's there for, to sort of even it out. So definitely a little bit of hostility there. And he, Robinson, I don't, I don't think it's as much as uh, a Ricky V. Robbo as what it's been made out to be. Again, I think it's been inflated by the media, but... Ricky Stewart, to me, came across a little bit hypocritical in the fact that he's saying he'd love to have all these players but yet deny them the chance. I do understand the part, like, in previous years, he's had the players, uh, how do you say it, play play their best football in the City Country game and then not get selected. So I get the reason. But I also don't think it's his right as the coach to make that decision. If Leilua, if they asked Leilua to play and Leilua said, no, I I went there last year, played well, and I'm I'm not playing, I I want the week off... Well, Austin said that. I, I get it. But mm. for him to come in and do it, or, and whether the players actually said, went to him and said, can you just tell them we, we can't play so it doesn't look bad on us? I don't know. It, yeah. You don't know what goes on behind the behind the uh, closed doors. But it was just nice. It was nice to see the coaches get in there. Ricky didn't uh, directly bag the refs. He was pretty clever in, in that way. But he got his point across. A bit of a shot at the Roosters, and Robbo didn't hold back when he got in there. So it was, it's good. I like that. I like to see the coaches be honest. Um, for me, it was probably more exciting than the game. The game was a bit a bit ordinary, as all of them were over the weekend. So, mm. have to agree on that. And the last tackle, the possible player strike, uh, Cameron Smith. Well, yeah, it's been mooted. Um, and Smith came out today and said, look, we've got things in place or actions in place if we don't sort of get our own way. It doesn't surprise me that this is coming up now at origin time, where the media exposure is at its highest. Mm. Uh, but it doesn't does seem as though the... Uh, well, the Players Association and the players are a fair way away from where the NRL uh, and the game is in terms of what is a fair amount for the cap, uh, share of revenue, conditions. Todd Greenberg sort of come out and said, look, we're pretty close on the cap, but it's more the conditions that we're yeah, they they're butting heads on. No five-day turnarounds and other bits and pieces. I think they want extended leave as well between the back end of the season. There's... I don't blame you. Look at the NFL. Like, they get they're going to a shitload of time off. So Yeah. Uh, and that's just through good negotiations. And as long as the game's improving and the ratings are going up... Well, like, this is the other argument we've got now. The ratings about are going up. The so I think quality of the of game. Worry. Quality against quantity. And sticking all these games in, sticking the uh, you know the Nines in, sticking in the All-Stars game. You've got Origin, like you've got Internationals, you've got all this stuff that they try to jam in. Um, but look at the quality right now. Like, Do you really want... I know they get their money from the TV deal, but... The quality isn't certainly helping. This is the thing. Like, I love the nines at the start of the year, mm. but you, the schedule is too long because of these split rounds and the 26 rounds to start with. I'm, I'm a big fan of just getting rid of um, a whole stack of rounds and just having every team play each other once or having every team play each other twice or put them in conferences or something to even it out um, and just not play any footy during Origin. I like the idea of what they said the other week, and it's going to happen next year. Wayne Bennett and the Kiwis, England and New Zealand announced they're going to play standalone games during Origin. 
yeah. the one weekend next year, year when it is a standalone Origin. And I thought, well, that'd be perfect if you wanted to do that. Well, during just do that it over period. three weeks. Why can't they have a three match? You test? can have New Zealand and England, yeah. Tonga, all those guys that have uh, time. And just off have there. it on all twenties uh, Origin games. Schedule New South Wales Cup, Queensland residents. You can have just, city country. Why can't you have home. city country? That's all for that time of the year. You can do all that stuff right there. Shut the comp down for a couple of weeks. Have all the rep fixtures. You still got stuff on TV. Then you play on a three three game city country, and you go to three different towns over three weekends. There you go. And there's ways to get around this. And then all like I said, all the island nations can play. England comes out here. It all works out. You fill it in under twenties Origin uh, Junior Kangaroos games as well. If you want to do that stuff, and like just a have week it after. smack bang in the middle of the comp. Have twelve rounds. Have the three weeks off, and then another twelve rounds. I think twenty four. Piss the buyers off because everyone gets a buy anyway. I don't get the buy. You're, only, get, you're, only, you're only extending the season by one game, by one round, right? Um, because you've, you're obviously losing two rounds, but you're, you're having three stand. Well, you're not, actually, because we're getting rid of rep round. So it's it's exactly the same as what it is now. My issue, again, you just brought up the buy. It's my pet ape. People go, oh, it's a four-point win this week. It's not. Well, it's not Everybody gets, gets the same two points, points for the buy. So what's the point of giving points for the buy? Hmm. They mean nothing. I, I've I just don't see the that. point of having a buy. No, neither do I. Just have a split round. Yeah, that's uh, something you could possibly look into there. But hopefully it doesn't come to striking. Hopefully they can come to some kind of agreement. But uh, they're definitely looking for their own share of the players. They want 30% revenue share, similar to what the cricketers are going through or have had. But now they're going through issues on their own side of the board yeah. where Cricket Australia is trying to take that off them uh, and try and set a structure of how much they're going to get paid. So. It's nice to see the players finally come together for once, though. Yeah. Because in the past, this wouldn't be the case. But that's a set of six. This is obviously our origin preview. We're going to do that after we get through your fan questions and obviously going to review games from the weekend, but only very quickly as they weren't exactly uh, the best games you've ever seen. But the main priority of this show is obviously state of origin. One, Mr. Gossip won't be joining us, but we have his gossip, his tips as well, and we'll go through the odds for State of Origin and Round 13 brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. What do you reckon? I reckon we review these games before we do fan questions. Yeah, let's do it. Because they'll say piss poor. Yeah. <clears throat> Eels, South, 22-16. Uh, honestly, I didn't think South were present at all in this game. They were very lethargic, very flat. Eels, no Norman, no Jennings. Nathan Brown been their best forward. Uh, they ran all over him, and it was shown very early on when they burst through two or three times and Moreau crashed over. And at half time, like even the walker, it just sums up kind of their attitude and their whole feeling at the moment towards rugby league. And second half, they were a little bit better. Christian Crichton, no, sorry, not Christian Crichton. I'm mixing that with the Penrith player. Angus Crichton and Sam Burgess, as always, were the only two that really had a dig for me. And I thought young Terrell Fumano had a pretty decent game, but uh, the points they scored late, I wasn't really impressed by. And Johnston bombed that late try, honestly. How'd they give that, I don't know. Um, but I, all I took away from this game is that Souths are very poor. Yeah. Uh, a good effort by the Eels, missing some key players, but I didn't get a whole lot out of this game other than South season's over. Pretty much, yeah. That, I, I know I was the only one that tipped the Eels, and I, I get it on, on paper, Souths for the smart pick, but I just think, and even coaching, I... I think Brad Arthur's getting more out of the players than what Maguire is, and Maguire looks like he's about to have an aneurysm. He just... Yeah, they're, they're done. He, he's busting his ass, man. He, yeah. he could, he'd could he be spending a lot of long nights there trying to work out what it is, but there's no amount of coaching that can uh, turn around a side that's just got no confidence, no enthusiasm. Yeah. You've got a lot of infighting, a lot of errors... They're just on the. They're just hitting the 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 crest or the valley after that premiership win. I think from next year on it'll only be up. But 
Wasn't it funny how quick it came crashing down to earth? Like, they won the comp. They went on that eight or nine game in a row. Yeah. Everyone was saying, could they even go through the season undefeated? Then they just scrape into the eight. They go out the back door. And then next year, um, well, last year they didn't make the eight, did they? And then this year they're certainly not going to make the eight. So no. uh, I think they're just about to hit the valley. And the best thing that Michael McGuire can do now is really challenge his players that are off contract, challenge his players that are on big money, and just say, look, if this is the way you're going to perform, we're going to look to add other options. I and think that's half the problem, though. There's a lot of guys that are still locked in, like the Burgess brothers, uh, the Twins, who have been awful, and a couple other guys who they brought in. Uh, Johnson wants fullback money. He's been okay on the wing, but I don't think he was that great to justify at the back. Yeah. And, uh, Aaron Gray, another one of these younger blokes, is talking about on the outside now that Gagai is coming in. Obviously, they've got the Walker issue. So I think there's a lot going on. And like you said, there's only so many blow-ups you can have. He's had plenty, and it's not turning around. So no. I think they may have reached the point where as much as I think he's a decent coach, he needs to find a new home. You reckon they, they should punt him? I think it's time for a parting of ways because I think they can clean out enough players for him to have the effect he needs to on that but squad. Do you think a new coach is going to improve? That's no, right? and I don't know who you're going to hire because there's only a handful of guys that I'd even consider at this point in time, and one of them yeah. is the guy up in Brisbane, and I've said it multiple times before. Jason Demetrio made the move he did. Yeah. This time, after three moves in a couple of years, and said this is a long term move. Yeah. Okay. So an NRL job, I'm sure, would uproot him again. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's not many guys like who are you going to hire. Mm. There's not many repeat coaches you're going back to. And out of a rookie coaches that are available, I like him and I like Matt Head. Matt Head probably hasn't been given the dues he's probably deserved, but there's not a whole lot out there. So yeah, I think they're in between a rock and a hard place. But there's only so many times a coach like I said can blow up and get a reaction. At the moment, he just looks like he's yelling for the sake of yelling, and no one's listening. Um, so I, I don't know. I think don't know if he can turn over as much as that squad. And the other thing I don't get is their recruitment. Yeah. Center is probably the most, the least valued position, and rightfully so these days. Wingers are probably more important because they've got such a massive part to do with yardage. They're an extra forward. Yeah. But they've just apparently spent seven hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars on Dane Gagai, who I do like. But even the talk about him possibly playing fullback and pushing GI to the centers. He's not a fullback, and he's not a good enough ball-playing fullback to justify that kind of money. And if they play both at the centres and put Walker there, they're going to have to upgrade him as well. He's not happy at the moment. Yeah. And then you're still lacking in other areas. Their forward pack, they're paying too much for both the Burgess. There's a lot of work to be done. Mm. Um, and I think there's a lot of side that needs to be turned over. But on the Eels side of things, uh, I thought Moses and Gutherson looked a bit better together. Yeah. They all kind of chipped in. They weren't too bad. Moroa had one of his better games. Mahu got some football again, but... Overall, still hard to get a read on them. You beat South. South are going very poor. They're missing some key players. They're only going to get better once Norman comes back. Yeah. All right. Broncos and the Warriors missing six Origin players. Press McCulloch out after that awful headshot he took last week. 28-10. To be expected, honestly, the Broncos lack cohesion. Absolute ton of errors. He broke up the halves combination, which wouldn't have worked anyway because Milford was gone. So Hunt hasn't played football in weeks. Marshall was playing his first game off a broken wrist. Heaps of kids scattered throughout the side. Wet conditions over in New Zealand. It was never going to be an easy task. But honestly, they made a squillion errors. And New Zealand, in my opinion, should have put more points on. Yeah, agree. But they won the game. Look, it's Brisbane made a heap of errors. They were well below their best. I think on best form, they could have challenged the Warriors. I don't so know whether what? they could have won. But New Zealand, I think that's probably a confidence sort of game. They, they needed that win. So I expect them to go and put in a real good performance against Power on Friday night. Thinking I might go to that game uh, and have a look. I, the Warriors just fascinate me this year. I, I like watching them play. Uh, probably fascinate me more because of what they get wrong, how much they get wrong, as much as what they get right. Uh, and I, 
Look, we're in an appreciation for the way that Parramatta are playing in difficult circumstances and they're winning without their best player. So uh, it's a game that I'm interested in, yeah, just just from a coaching perspective and a player perspective. Um, I, I think they should go and beat Parramatta without Corey Norman, but um, I think it'll be a close game. So, yeah. But, yeah, the Warriors, again, a game they should have won. Tick it off, and this is where they always make Honestly, their run. I wasn't impressed because, again, seven players out, you're over there, everything's going in your favour. No, I wasn't impressed. I thought they should have scored more points. And when the Broncos kind of got a few of the cobwebs out and Marshall made a few plays, Ben Hunt put that early kick in from Roberts off the scrum. One point there, I think it was 16-10. Yeah. They scored twice and had them under pressure. And it took a front row, a crash over in the second half from Garvey to kind of steal things back. Yeah. So uh, people were beating on their drums again going, here they come. But we say this every year. It's origin time. They're the origin bullies. They pick on a lot of sides. Um, yeah, Johnson was pretty solid, but he should have been against this side. Sheck was good. But the one that I asked for about six weeks ago after watching him in Cup for the last two years to get a debut, Nickel Klogstad, he's been outstanding. Yeah, so, oh, he was exceptional. So was uh, Marmolo. No, it's about time because Marmolo's been pretty bad for a man that has massive potential. And he's a monster. He should be doing more week in, week out. Correct. So. Now, on the Broncos side, I like young Jaden Sewer. thought he tried hard again. He's, uh, he was the junior Kangaroos captain, moved in their side. George Fye, after sitting on the bench for about eight weeks and not getting a debut or any time on the field, finally got to play. Arrow back in there. I hear your mob, the Titans, are talking to Jai Arrow. He's not happy with the game time he's getting there. So uh, there was a few kids that came in, but overall it was to be expected. And yeah. yeah, they got the job done. But Sharks, Dogs, 9-8, it was a very dour affair, to be honest. But I was super impressed by the Sharks, again, missing... Uh, some quality players to get the job done. First half, they just got their work. They completed. They had a decent share of the football, but, um, you know, I, the one that got me earlier was Graham going off, and I know he's been a little bit quieter more recently, but once he went off, I was a little bit worried for the Bulldogs, and the sad thing for them is their best player and most creative player is Branko Lee. Um, he's been really, really good in attack this year. I still think he's poor in defence, but he's, like, up there with try assist. Yeah. Uh, he's got, like, nine for the season, and he, he got a, a pretty easy try where he cut through, but... It's pretty sad where your only key play besides just putting in bombs and random kicks mm. is throwing the ball to your centre and just going to make something happen. That's yeah, about all they've got going I'm not going to say anything that I haven't already said on the Bulldogs. When your front rowers are your ball players, you're asking for trouble. So mm. throwing Branko Lee is not a bad uh, early ball, isn't a bad ploy, but good teams will be able to defend that fairly easily. So they've got a lot of work to do, the Bulldogs. Uh, to not be able to beat the Sharks without those key players there, I thought it was a good game. Like I enjoyed watching the game. I enjoyed it. Just feel as though the Dogs just don't have enough points in them to put sides away. Like that's they, amazing. They, put, they should have won that game. They yeah. had enough ball to win that game, an opportunity to win that game. But oh. you know, they probably came down to a few Origin players like Gallons pick up and get out. Valentine Holmes with an the exceptional run. Luke Lewis with the with the charge down, yeah. and then just a couple of key tackles that he made. So you've got Jared. You Beal. know what? I know probably a year ago, I was of the opinion that Luke Lewis was done in terms of origin, but... He's playing brilliant. Bloody hell, I, I could almost have him uh, in, the, in the New South Wales. So I don't know, we're, we're blessed, blessed with back rowers, but the type of form he's in, I just question whether if he was a Queenslander, you look at someone like Nate Miles, I think Luke Lewis is playing better at club level than what Nate Miles is. Obviously, we've also got a lot more players to probably select from, but he's in great form, Luke Lewis. No, he's been outstanding, but... Second half was more like you said, the highlight. I thought the Sharks defended brilliantly. Gallon's carry that got them the shot at field goal and obviously one that got them out. The scoot from Valentine Holmes, a 30-meter scoot to set up the play of the ball where Beal got early ball and just ran past Tolman, who was spent. He'd played 64 minutes up to that point, making up for Graham, who'd gone off. So 
Um, but the main thing you take out of that is basically what we said. The, the Bulldogs didn't just a lack of points and direction. They had lots of ball, more of the possession. They were parked down there. Uh, Any time they were there, I didn't know what they were doing. And Matt Froy, like we spoke about early on, helped out a little bit with the kicking game. But honestly, now it's like he's a professional punter in the NFL, what we spoke about. Yeah, He's just there to basically put kicks in. Um, there's not a whole lot going on. In Bayer, again, didn't show too much. And uh, overall, I thought their forward pack was pretty underwhelming. They were, yeah, without a doubt. So a lot of work to be done for them. But yeah, Gallon, Holmes and Lewis, I thought they were all outstanding. Raiders-Roosters, that game yesterday. Oh, man, I was kind of sitting there at 16-6 thinking, okay, Canberra, you probably should have put some more points on and really finished this game off. Uh, you're playing a team missing five players, and I thought the Roosters would give them trouble. Because honestly, if you can start Tokiaho, Madison, push uh, Watson to the halves with Kiri, and then have a couple of the guys on the bench like Chris Smith and obviously Lindsay Collins, who debuted yesterday, you're not doing too bad. But obviously there's a lack of cohesion. But at 16-6, I thought they'd blown some chances, to be honest. Um, I did, thought they probably could have put some more points on, but, you know, Rapana's double was pretty nice. I think Nick Kotrick has really figured out the last probably month that he's a first grader. Yeah. The first few weeks, I thought he was a little bit hesitant, but the physicality and the way he's carrying the ball, and again, I sent it yesterday in the first half, he's realised now that he does belong playing in NRL, and he's found that comfort. But second half, I thought they had some early chances again, Canberra, but they just didn't bank him. And the Roosters are tough. They figured it out. Uh, they fought back. They blew what could have been close to one of the tries of the season where Tedavano... Oh, just hit, hit the centre. Yeah, he had them out on the outside. But uh, I saw what I've seen all year from Canberra, and I'll say it again, for all Ricky's complaints, ill-discipline reached to that side. Yeah. They were trying to fight Latrell Mitchell and cause trouble there. Topine, more than once, just ran into blokes, tried to shoulder charge and just kept getting in trouble. Whitehead blows up at the ref, gets a penalty for descent. Um, just pure stupidity, to be honest. Yeah. And then late in the game there, the Roosters almost go and score and steal it from him, and it takes a charge down from Aiden Caesar to finish the game in the 80th minute. So uh, he talks about not having rep players, but he's got enough decent players and a couple of blokes that played for the Kiwis last year as well to get the job done. So I was pretty disappointed, to be honest. And if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm still not feeling too great. And the way that Caesar carried on after he scored, I get it, it's emotional, they won the game, but they acted like they won the comp yesterday. Yeah, and sure. you beat a team missing five origin players, so... Mm. Uh, I'm still not really convinced about Canberra. I still have faith. I think there's enough quality there, but I still can't can't quite put my finger on it, and I'm not going to go with his theory that it's just people interfering with the ruck. I still think there's a lot of guys not playing well, and I think their discipline stinks. And their defense again yesterday got uh, pulled apart multiple times by a team that's missing quality players. Yeah. It so. was also um, good to see Caesar start running. Like, I thought they straightened up and started to run a little bit. That was his was, best game yesterday. Good. Yeah, I yeah. thought so too. And he kicked quite well. He set a try up. I think Whiten's been really good. Oh, yeah, we've talked about that. But um, him and Rapana, and on the Rooster side, Michael Gordon, take yeah. a bow. He was outstanding yesterday. And Ryan Madison, opportunity to step up and start after being injured for a, uh, a decent period there. I thought he was really good yesterday as well. So, yeah. Uh, impressive debut for Lindsay Collins, a big boy too, and a terrible haircut, but good on you. <laughs> Bring it back a bit of the bumpkin. Yeah, old Brisbane boy, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to take a whole lot out of the Raiders. Still a fair bit to see, but they should honestly get some wins during this period if Papali's on missing. Well, they should, yeah. So that, that should have been a better result for them yesterday, but obviously not the case. But that wraps up our reviews of the games from the weekend. Moving in to fan questions. Stefan Grimm, could New South Wales win if they don't wrestle and just play hard and fast? Also, do you think the following would work for the Warriors? Base themselves in Sydney, maybe at North, and fly to Auckland for 12 home games. Mm. Oh, look, New South Wales, they're going to have to wrestle. Yeah, wrestle is a part of the game. But uh, it's interesting to see that uh, there were some stats that came out 
uh, I was having a look on NRL stats, and they were saying the play the ball speed is actually slower in Origin than what it is in an NRL game. So because of the level of players and the quality of the wrestle, really, yeah, it's just the best. In the terms best. of play the ball speed, and you saw if, for those that are keen watchers of NRL 360 last week, Sam Burgess make comment of just how in depth the coaching is at the moment on the ruck that when they were playing Melbourne. Burgess was getting information down from the coach's box saying that their play of the ball was about a second slower than that of the Storm. And just that's how much the coaches are looking at it. Um, what was the second half of that question about the Warriors? Oh, saying the Warriors being based in North and then playing their 12 games at home, but it's not no. going to happen. You've got to get them. It's been no different to someone moving here away from their family to another club and being uncomfortable with the situation. Yeah. No one's going to agree to spend half the season away from home and their kids and family. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that definitely can't happen. And honestly, I don't think it makes a big difference to them. If anything, I reckon to make them play worse yeah. with the attitude knowing that they're going to be away for half of the year. So uh, not a bad uh, suggestion, but, yeah, don't think that's going to happen. Zach Maitland, I think two buys per team is too many in a season. I think the coaches should shoulder more responsibility in regards to player fatigue. What are your thoughts on this? Well, player fatigue, again, you can put it on the coaches, but if you've got five or six guys playing reps or you're the Brisbane Broncos, you contribute seven to Queensland, the coach can't help that very much, can he? And he's only got a top 25, and then he's restricted by his second-tier cap and the quality of plays he can bring in. He may have a poor under-20 side and doesn't have any kids to bring in there. So you're putting a strain on all parts of the system, the salary cap, the money, and the players you've got in your squad. So um, I don't really think you can just throw it back on a club, especially like a Brisbane or a Roosters yesterday, who contribute so many to a rep game, which makes the NRL a ton of money. Pretty much. Yeah, you've nailed, you've nailed it, yeah. No, I don't yeah. need to repeat what you've said. There's a lot more effect than just, yeah, saying the coaches are responsible. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't like the buyers, but I think it's just more what me and Brock said before. There needs to be a bit of a rethink. The coaches coach the schedule. Yeah, but there so. needs to be a bit of a rethink about the schedule, origin, these bits and pieces. We've gone over that a million times. Yeah. Sean Chan, should there be more responsibility on clubs and to manage their roster better with regards to origin players? Hard to predict teams three years from now, but in Brisbane's case, they know that they will have a lot out. So sign players to fill in. Or shed a couple. Well, this is exactly what I just mentioned. They have a salary cap. You can't just go buy everybody and load up preparing for Origin because guys obviously need to be paid what they're worth. They're not going to take less to come play at Brisbane and get pushed out of the top squad if they've got an opportunity to play at a side, say, like the Tigers, a Newcastle. So, no, nah, it's not as easy as just going out and buying blokes to cover for Origin. Mm. Again, my... <laughs> Not going to repeat, yeah? Yeah, well, it's just one of those things. You, it's not a club's fault, and you want rep players. That's the whole point. Obviously, if you get seven, you're pretty happy with yourself, but you're restricted about what you can bring in to back it up. And if you do have good backups, the first thing they do is go get a pay rise and move on. So I think People need to understand that the competition is pre-origin and post-origin, and if you don't do well in one of those, make a decent run in one of those aspects of the season, you're not going to play finals footy because... The origin period is just Russian roulette. Yep. It's absolute Russian roulette. You need to bank points beforehand like Melbourne and or these afterwards. teams do, or afterwards you need to be able to get your run going again. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Peter, is Wayne Bennett a great coach, or has he been blessed with great teams? No, he's a great coach. He's a fantastic coach. And even if you have good players, you still need to be able to bring a group together and do what we've just spoke about again. Manage a group of 25, keep the outsiders happy, identify kids, bring guys in. There's a lot of things that they I need to do. I think Wayne's learnt that he's not... He's not the holistic, uh, how do I say it, R- you know, ruler of, of a club he that he thought the he right was. People. He he, he, you know, at St George, his um, the goal was obviously to win the competition, and he and he did that, and he had Peter Douse there. But when he got to Newcastle, I think he wanted to revamp the whole club, and 
just he's a very good coach, but I'm not sure he's a very good businessman and operator and builder of a club in terms of from a chief executive or a whole of club perspective. So going back to Brisbane was the right move because he can just he doesn't have to worry about any of that. Well, I got sponsors he's, he's got, in charge of the football department still there. Yeah, no, signing. from a football department yeah, side of things, I think he, he's great, but just to be the face of the franchise and that's it. Like at Newcastle, it was all, Wayne's here, Wayne's going to fix it for us. Mm. And he didn't have the personality to sort of engage anyone. If anything, he pissed a lot of people up there off. Well, I think Tinker didn't help, really. And that started from day dot when Cade Snowden, he's, I don't want Cade Snowden, we don't pay this much money. Yeah, Tinker goes, signed. I'm bringing him back, he's a Newcastle boy, I'm paying him half a million dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, he did mess up himself, but I think there was more going on. Uh, in that situation, and I think, Whereas I think I think Gibson. Like we're gonna, you compare him to Jack Gibson. I think Jack Gibson's uh, record in terms of moving and changing cultures and having an overall impact is probably greater than Wayne's, in my opinion. Uh, he moved around a lot, Jack, and for me, it's very very difficult as a coach to move from one to the other because it takes so long to implement a culture and to change things and to get the roster that you want. Um, it is very difficult. So, for me, I think I think Jack Gibson's got him in terms of the ability to move around and the ability to implement things quicker than what Wayne does. But I think, in terms of longevity, success, uh, it's definitely Wayne Bennett. I think Wayne at the moment will go down as the greatest of all time and probably second to Jack. But and the only tick I'd give to Jack is that just the ability to move around and have results, get results very quickly. So, but I think they're they're the standout two, uh, and then on the next level, I'd have Gus and Bellamy, and Bellamy's fast-tracking towards those top two. 100%. William Robinson, as teams have already had multiple buy rounds in this period, instead of watching depleted teams play for six weeks, should the NRL call off the round for three weeks, play state of origin? Yes. Well, I think he's basically just said exactly what we've talked about before. Rep games, under 20s, city origin, uh, you know, the Pacific Nations games, mate, spot on. That's what we think should happen. So I yeah. uh, completely agree. Andrew Wales asked about the Jackbird playing hooker. Sounds strange. Well, like we said, surely he's not going to be using there for an extended period of time. Should just be a quick breather. And he's saying he loves the show. Um, he's cheering the Titans on for you, Boxhead, this round because the Sharkies have the boy. He hopes Hayne and Teddy have a blinder and Fafita runs hard. Well, I think Tedesco is going to be a big key, as is Fafita and Tigers finally getting lower here. Well, I think it's a positive move as well. Yeah. Ray Gavin. Origin should pause with... Well, he's saying the exact same thing again. Mate, you're beating on the same drum we're all bringing back, that they should stop the comp uh, for a couple of weeks and bring in some of those rep games to fill it in. And he's saying NRL clubs should either send players back to New South Wales, Queensland Cup, or rest them during this period. Could also be used as the trade window at this point in the year. Yeah, find it hard to argue. Yep. He's also said that Buzz thinks the NRL should spend money to upgrade Brookvale and Shark Park, but not Campbelltown or Penrith. What a joke. Well, he's from the Shire, and he's a Sharks man, so of course he's going to want money there. Brookvale was promised money a long time ago by Tony Abbott, wasn't it, when he was in charge or yeah, something? But it's probably still coming. God knows what's happening I think it was there. pulled with the stadiums deal, so... Campbelltown, I go to fairly often. I think Campbelltown still looks all right, and there's not enough games there, really. Campbelltown's all right. There's not enough to games there to justify fixing it, though, is there? The Tigers, unless someone moved well, what needs to be time. fixed there? Well, that's what I don't get. They're not using it that much. And Penrith just had a bit of a revamp. So, I think for Penrith. What, Give it 10 years, Penrith's going to need a bigger stadium. The I population think, yeah. growth out here is huge. So. Size I can understand, but what's actually there, facility-wise at the moment, I yeah. think is a big issue there. Hugo Hansen, do you think Milford can step up the origin level or will the likes of Frizzell running and tackling rattle him? 
No, I don't think they're going to rattle him. What do you think? I think they'll mix and match and move him around, but I think the tactic of putting Frizzell on that edge to start with instead of Jackson makes a lot more sense. Well, he, he also he grins and bears it every week in the NRL. So yeah. I, I think it's, again, a bit of uh, overreaction. I, I think he'll handle it. He's, he's obviously going to be a defensive weakness. He's not going to be one of the stronger defenders, but... Well, he's got um, Papali next to him. That's a pretty handy bloke to have helping you out. Oh, bodyguard. And yeah. if he was on the other side, he'd have Gillette. So there's not really someone standing next to him that's deficient in that area, that's yeah. for sure. Um, and honestly, I think the edge he's ended up on is probably better for defensively because he's got Chambers as his centre as well. <coughs> uh, if he was on the other side, I'd be saying similar. He'd have Gillette, but he'd have O'Neill. I'd be a little bit more worried. Mm-hmm. But either way, the back row centre combination either side of him, I think Milford would be pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, who we got? Diego. He says, great show, and he's wondering what our thoughts are on Storm signing Cassiano. Well, Matt, it doesn't seem like a rumour. It's pretty much a done deal from all reports. And he said he's watched a bit on the weekend. It doesn't look like the kind of player Bellamy usually goes for. It doesn't, but I get it. Uh, the, Bull- the Bulldogs are going to have to have a fire sale, and Bellamy's going to probably... The Bulldogs are going to have to pick up some of the wage, probably. So uh, it makes sense. And, and they're looking. they're obviously looking to sign some... Uh, marquee players of Storm. That's how they that's how they work their cap. So they'll pick up crumbs from elsewhere to save some money that'll that'll allow them to buy those marquee type well, players. Well they've certainly got some money floating around. They do. Because exactly. my god, we've lost some players and they haven't really brought too much in. Jay Smith says just mayor of the Raiders put on the hardest shots of the year defensively. To Pine yesterday and Soliola geez. Well, admit- well I thought to Pines were a bit dumb though. There were a few shoulder charges. Like yeah. I like the aggression but I think he's gonna find himself charged and should be suspended, well, I really. I think him and Priest are in trouble as well. There was one tackle where they had a leg each and Will Barrett's on head first. It didn't get picked up during the game, but I thought mm. maybe it might get picked up. But Not good. Uh, there was some good contact, mate. I completely agree, but they still need to work on their defense in general. They conceded too many points to a side that was missing five players. Uh, Johnny Samitsikis. Sorry, mate. Every time you read your last name, I can barely pronounce it. That's my bad. Uh, who are you boys hoping of? Think, oh, sorry. Who are you boys? Who do you boys think needs to have a big one on Wednesday night? For me, it's Pierce and Tedesco. I think it's the key to getting the win. The Fords. Well, I think Aaron it's Woods Ford. getting the start after supposedly going to be out for six to eight weeks needs to have a big game. I certainly might be pointing the finger at Tedesco and our key players, Pierce, yeah. Pete's, if the Maloney, pack doesn't if the win. pack doesn't win, and I've got my questions over whether they will win. My other thing is obviously what we spoke about multiple times, and that's the substitutions and how that's done. Yeah. So I've got big worries about that. We're going that. to get into that, but um, yeah, yeah, I've got a few things written down. Oliver Power now. I know it's not relevant to this week's footy, but with Smith, Cronk and Slater in the twilight of their careers, to what extent, if any, will their individual club records, points, wins, etc., be tarnished by salary cap breaches? Zero. Now, we've had this one a few times. I don't think anyone really cares about it, to be honest. You're bringing up a couple of years there, um, points, wins, or whatever. Even after everything was kind of cleaned out, they kept on winning for the rest of that season enough to qualify for the finals, and even straight after the clean-out, within 12 months, they won a minor premiership and were straight back on track, so... Mm. Yeah, I think if anything, and this is the one thing that pisses me off every time you hear about Brian Waldron. I think if anything, it's going to this highlight. Is... It's going to show how good they were because they got torn apart and they rebuilt so quickly. I think for me, the one... I look at them with more mm. uh, more respect. Well, not not respect. You know, obviously it was, a, it was a shit thing to have done as a club. Yeah. Um, and who knew about it? No one's ever going to know. You know that that's that's hearsay. And then unless people admitted it, denied it, it like. But every club's doing it to some degree. Well, not maybe not every club, There's but a lot of clubs every, are. Yeah. My issue on this though is Brian Wardron is never ever mentioned over. It's always the play. The players don't have anything to do with what happened behind the scenes. You come in with your manager, you sign your contract, 
there was two sets of books they took on offer. Brian Waldron, Peter O'Sullivan, to some extent, from everything you do read, particularly Brian Waldron, mm. were the architects of it that went on. You yeah. walk in, you had your offer, all the blokes obviously walked out pretty and happy. And the player managers, obviously. But they don't go discussing to each other what they make. No mm. one talks about what you make because it's just not the kind of thing you speak about. No. So it's one of those things. And uh, yeah, 12 months later, they won a minor premiership. 24 months later, they'd already won another comp. Yeah. And they had Jamie Lowe and some guys in there that would have never got a premiership ring any other way. And anyone that says that those guys should have been forced out of Melbourne, give yourself a triple because they're all brought through the junior system from the age of 14. Cronk, Smith, and Slater. Yeah. So they were their players generated. They weren't bought. Rob McKinlow, why can't the elite players perform a simple play the ball in accordance to the bloody rules? I'm gobsmacked at how lenient the refs are. Well, because we're just allowed to go on. It's just one of those things that happens every single week. Daniel Friend, what's your top origin stink? Oh, wow. That's a good one. I think the one, Joey, watching Joey get the piss punch out of him was Jamie pretty Goddard. funny. Goddard absolutely <laughs> annihilated Oh, him. wow. Jamie Goddard went I to I think any, any origin stinks good. I, probably the one down in Melbourne was the biggest fight. Like, that broke yeah, out in... I was a fan of that one. ...all different types of uh, areas. But, you know, I think it was... Uh, I can't remember who... Jeff Gerrard. Was it Jeff Gerrard that uh, Arthur Beetson punched the piss out of in the first <laughs> ever game? His own um, teammate. Yeah, so look, there's multiple, and I, I'd I'd love to see a blue. I, for me, that's what Origins about. Um, you know, I'm not an advocate of violence and fighting and no. cow punching or anything like that, but a, a big blue, a brouhaha was always you know why you flick your TV on, and I think the NRL has probably found that out because Origin ratings are still high, but merchandise and the general interest in it, I think has died out a little bit because we try to sanitise the game a little bit too much. I like, also think New South Wales losing 10 of 11 doesn't help. Correct, yeah, but I think we're just sanitising it uh, way too much. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It is what it is. It's, it's a very, very uh, physical, passionate sport. Um, well, even the players said the other year, they advertised with the punch-ups, the shoulder charge and all these bits and pieces. That's how they broadcast it, but yet, you know, that's not how they're allowed to do it. Now they've changed their campaigns in relation to what the players were saying. Yeah, to me, we, we always threw uh, rocks at the AFL, but I, I now think AFL is a tougher game than the NRL, really. Like, you, a lot of the punching that goes on in AFL is a lot harder than anything that goes on in the league. Um, so, and, and they're bringing in rules, obviously, to try and get rid of punching and melees and things like that, but... I tell you, there's more punching that goes on in AFL than what there is in league. It may not be to the head, but there's a lot of body punching, checking, elbowing, shoulder charging in AFL. People might not like that, but, you know, I watch a lot of Fox Sports News and there's, you know, you see a lot more big hits and collisions and elbows and punches and things in the AFL. Mihal Maguire, Jordan Turner back to the Super League. I'm so disappointed they never got a chance at the Raiders. He's far too good to have just played cup. Well, I can tell you from watching, he was very, very good in cup, but he's been playing at six, so he's not going to get a run when they've got so much money tied up in Austin Caesar. Seen him play at centre, he wasn't mobile enough, and in the back row, they're loaded. So mm. um, they brought him over. I think he's a good player, but he went to the wrong club if he was looking to play. So 
Uh, it was a good depth buy for them, but yeah, he definitely shouldn't be playing cup. He also says he knows you love the Rhinos, and uh, he's although he's an FC fan. All FC. He'd love your thoughts on Matt Parcell. He's great time. The Super League looks like he's been given a lease of life and adapted to the less structured style. Well, now if you watch any of the Queensland Cup a couple of years ago, he flourished in the Ipswich system, which is all about ad lib and just free flow. I thought he was so. good last year as well for Manly. Uh, they were just I, I, would, I, I wouldn't have let him go. I, I love yeah. him. I, I reckon he's a really good player. And I was wrapped when they signed him. I'm a huge Rhinos fan. So. Well, he's another one that I'm sad left so early because he didn't have any other doors anywhere He else. probably will come back. I I'd he imagine he back. will come back. But he should be in there. If I'm, if I'm Leeds, I'm looking to keep him because... And he does. He's suited to that style over there. He, he looks, I watched... A, they had their um, Magic Weekend, obviously, last last week. This weekend, they had the Summer Bash, which is the championship. So they had all six games of that on. The, just that I, I can watch a game of Super League a lot easier than I can a game of NRL. And I, I know the NRL is of a higher standard. You know, we, But in terms of quality and just aesthetically able to watch it, I think the Super League shits all over the NRL, to be fair. Mm. Uh, ben knows, just me or is the pressure on the kickers starting to creep into dangerous territory again? It was pretty good this weekend, but there's been a few examples over the past weeks that could have ended with a broken leg. Yeah, agree. Something need to happen before we lose a star player. Yeah. Maker. Just can't hit kickers, simple. Yeah, there's a lot of blokes still just hammer them late for the sake of it, and that's another thing. I feel bad for Jonathan Thurston over his career. That's people one just thing. put the multiple hits on yeah. just to try and wear him down or take him out of the game where people like that shouldn't be punished. It's one thing that Wayne Bennett's been banging on for a long, long time. You shouldn't be able to belt kickers. Like once they go to kick... But even when they're done, they go, if you're up your arms, they just still get pole That doesn't matter. I know, it's wrong. They get absolutely pole yeah. And um, in particular, like I said, Thurston's taken more you know, shots. He's got a pressure in case they dummy. I get that. And make a tackle if, if you're within the vicinity and yeah. it's a 50-50. But if, he's, if they're clearly going to kick, you shouldn't be able to touch them at all. Yeah. Albuquerque Jones, he brought up the Jack Bird thing. We've already spoke about a hooker. Andrew Pointer. You boys will bring your A game, but I'm looking for your insight into the players' union wanting 30% of the NRL's total revenue. To go to the players, he thought Gallen brought some good points up on Sunday. No, I think I think he, they should definitely get it. Yeah, well, I think, again, if you're playing, they're the product, they're the ones that deliver everything, all this money from Origin, they even get it only, you know, they get a decent payday, 30 grand per player per game, but you talk about the money that goes, you know, and what the NRL gets, and it's usually, if it's a live series for all three games, it's the top three of the top five rating programs all year on free-to-air television. Mm-hmm. as well as finals, grand finals, and all that. So they deserve their piece. They are the product, the players, 100%. And Matty Ford, top three rule changes that need to happen for the 2018 season. Oh, piss off the seven-tackle set. Well, I'll just give you one. That's it. That's the one that kills me. The seven-tackle set needs to go. I absolutely hate um, it. I dropped the interchanges to six. I dropped the interchanges to six as well. I'm probably with you there. And it's getting to that point where most teams aren't using their full probably bench Probably the anyway. one on kickers. When you're talking about kickers, I, I do anything I possibly can to get rid of the wrestle in the game. Uh, and open the game back up. I think dropping the interchanges down to six would help. Uh, but outside of that, they need to look at the ruck and the way that the ruck is policed. I'd also like to see the game less refereed less, officiated less. I think Stay there's too way. much officiating going on. I'd go back to one ref, to be honest. Just, I think the whole... Whenever a team is coming out of their own end... They are never, ever, ever looking to play football. They're looking for a penalty. Yeah. I honestly want one ref back. I want one ref back. Every time I watch an international game, I think yeah. things flow so much better. The Super League do fine with it. Every time I see one referee, the game seems to flow better for me. And I watch the Super League, and there's probably a lot more errors in the Super League, but I watch the Super League and I genuinely think that 
they're trying to attack coming out of their end and they're trying yeah. to work for something and achieve something. Whereas the NRL teams, if they're coming from their own trial line up to halfway, they're robotic. They one just out. play one out, one, one out. out. It's touch footy. If you win the run, you try and fight for a penalty, win boring. to the ref, you generally get one. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Jeff, he's asked about the origin schedule. We've already touched on that one. Uh, people like Grace, are Souths gone? Could he yes. meet a depleted gone. Eels team while unaffected? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I have to say they're gone. Stoney says, how's the scheduling fair? And we talked about this because he's a Roosters man. They lost five. Uh, it's not fair. But this is how things are at the moment. But it is fair because you know that that's how it is. Yeah. So you, would you rather not have those players or would you rather you want those have players. those players and have them out? But so still, they're the ones that are going to win you a comp at the end of the year. I just don't like watching those games. And yeah, Standalone origin. Uh, Nathan Chalker, boys, I would pay money to hear a one-on-one interview with Boxhead and Lewis Daly live from Origin Camp. Well, we had a little bit of Lewis Daly before. We had a bit of Daly before talking about Jack Bird because he's a quality football player. For the New South Wales swing. I can't wait to hear him. If they get beat in the press conference, you'd want to take any rope, ties, anything away from him because I genuinely think his job's on the line. He has to win this series, otherwise he's gone. People are saying that he deserves it because he's sent us through a hard time. doesn't deserve shit. That's a crock. Pick the right side. We've had the team to beat him, and I think... Was it Brian? No, it was Brett Finch, I think, the other night on uh, the Matty John show. Brought up a point that I love. They said if Gus Gould had this side or whatever, do you reckon they would have won more series? He goes, at least one more. I'm, in my head, I'm thinking if Gus Gould was coaching us for the past 10 years, <laughs> we, would have had that side. we would have won probably half of them. Yeah. It would have been how it used to be, at least, mm. even though we've been lacking a little bit. I can't believe you're saying he only would have won maybe one more. Yeah. It, half, was been, it was been nice. Half the problem, this whole point, and we've said it the whole time, has been selections, let alone just who we've had. We can't get out of our own way. I can, cop, I can cop getting beat, provided oh. we pick the right side and the form if side. If they'd picked closer to the sides that we've asked the whole time and got beat, I just would have copped the sweep. But yeah. we've really contributed to our own downfall. There's no doubt about it. Uh, who we've got here? Oh, he's, oh well, there you go. He's asked about the Rabbitohs. People like grapes, and he said he's going to mock his extended Rabbitohs friend, a family. Excellent. Who are big fans. Go on, mock so. him. Fair enough. Daniel Sandowitz asked, does the NRL deserve to exist to serve Origin? It's a joke. They expect people to watch substandard games, then watch players back up. They're money hungry. You burn a star player out like Thurston this year, and every game is poorer for it. Have standalone Origin. Don't give it to me. It's not enough games. It's quality over quality. Oh. He doesn't want four games watching the Warriors play Brisbane B team rather than have one origin and then back to full strength. Yeah, we agree. And Storm and North Queensland, next origin round, there's going to be at least eight players missing. Yeah, and that's, yeah. And why as a fan should you pay full price to go? Well, that's what You shouldn't. They should open the gates up. That's these kind of games. That's what the crowd astonished me on the weekend was the Dog Sharks getting 20,000. Well, I had the dancer Stedford there. Yeah, but still, there was seven Yeah, it was just just smart marketing. Smart marketing by the Sharkies. Sensational. We agree 100%. 100%. 100%. Benny Stora says, Tiger's performance last weekend. Reckon it was the best of the year. Hashtag Byron. Jeez, Benny needs a towel. He loves you and Curtis. Mate, I tell you what, he loves his Tigers. He really does. Armchair experts, this week we are talking about our rules for watching Origin. Love to know your thoughts. Rule one, have to be able to hear commentary. Depends who's commentating, to be fair. To be fair, rules for Origin. I, I think pizza or some sort of takeaway food yeah. has got to be a, a bit of Chinese. has got to be a bit of a rule. Could have a few coldies. Yeah. See, for the last few years, but I'm in City Surf Trainer, so I'm sort of off the brewskis. But I don't get loaded though. But people that get that munted, they can't watch the game. I have a couple while I'm watching. I'd love to get. I'd love to get munted, but unfortunately, got to go to work the next day. So yeah. 
So it's, a, it's, a, it's difficult to sort of get excited for it when you know you're going to go and go to work. Yeah. But the big one, I think, is just takeout. Anytime Origin's on, you're going to Takeout, go. you've got to have some chips, yeah. some soft drink or some, some beers. During the game. Uh, it's more the food. It's one of those things. You it's treat, food. It's you, like Super Bowl. You, you treat gotta, yourself. It's a big occasion. Yeah. You go get some Dirty Bird or a pizza. You sit yeah, down with some I think beers and some We're going to do some um, homemade pizzas here. So Good times. Love it. Bit of salt and vinegar chips and a few Coke uh-huh. Zeros and I'll be happy. Can't believe my eyes. Butsy, if I haven't missed the boat, I'd like to get a rundown how exactly someone gives themselves a triple. Well, mate, oh, you just ball up all your fingers, tuck your thumb away and just give yourself three uppercuts in the chin. That's what giving yourself a triple yeah. is. Or you get someone to give you give or you. Or you could trip. bang your head on the desk three yeah, times. Bang or, your head on the desk. That, that's usually a one off if you do a decent. Slam your Morton job. in the door three times. Whatever it is. <laughs> oh, give yourself whatever. a triple. Uh, Evan, our last one, fullbacks and how bad their one on one Ds compared to the eighties. Modern days hardly ever stop a try. Surely coaches must address this. Mm, well I yeah, wasn't even played in the eighties, so to be honest, I didn't see many fullbacks tackle. I think Jared Hayne and uh, who else are we gonna talk about? Billy Slater, Darius Boyd, they, they do a really good job holding players up. I just think the players are stronger, faster, more powerful. The game's quicker. It's more difficult to defend. And defensive structures are... Um, well, they're more structured. You know, oh. They're more advanced. So there's no excuse to not be better. Uh, I just think the players are better. They're more difficult to tackle. 100%. And that is the fan questions all done. So now that's wrapped up. We've given you the game reviews. Our set of six, there was no power rankings this week. Obviously no point. With the shortened round, it is time for the main point of this show. It is the origin preview. So game one, it is up this week. New South Wales, Queensland, uh, in Queensland. And looking at the lineups, obviously uh, it was close player-wise to what we're after. I think they had 14 of what isn't in the side. But the main thing for me looking at New South Wales was the way the pack was picked and the bench. And on the Queensland side of things... Uh, honestly, Billy Slater to miss out. I thought that was a big thing, especially with English missing. They could have had Boyd and Slater in their side. I thought Holmes was a bit harsh done by. And then you look at a guy like Nate Miles and probably Lilliman thought that Hess and Wallace would have got the blood in right there. But looking at this game, uh, what are you thinking? Um, looking at it here, I know we go up there and we don't have a really great record in, in series openers in Queensland where they're six from the last eight. So, obviously, they've got a pretty decent win percentage when we go up there, and it's always a hard place to go play. But do you probably agree, and I think you don't, we obviously had a chat earlier, this side is as bad as people making it out to be. And the one thing we always see... Who? Queensland yeah, or else? we talk about Miles, we talk about these guys that are out of form. I know there's a few guys that are probably out of form, but just about any time someone plays for Queensland, they end up playing out of their skin. Mm. Yeah. Nate Miles, for me, is a glaring weakness in the forward pack based on club form. Uh, but we know that club form stands for Zippo because he's played like a buster for the Titans for almost three years and then comes in and plays his best football for the Maroons. Running off Cameron Smith's going to help. Uh, for me, I'm looking at the middle of the field. I don't think, I don't have a lot of confidence that Daly's picked the right combinations in terms of the middle, how the bench is going to work, who he's going to sub on and off minutes. I have no faith that he's going to get that right. Because That's my issue. The his, form, his form suggests that he's going to fuck something up. And, well, I went over it. All three games last year, I pulled apart his interchanges and they were horrendous. So you'd like to think that when they did a review last year that the powers that be would have said, Laurie, you've cocked this up. He's got someone there that knows a little bit about coaching at the NRL level that would have said, look, Laurie, you've got this wrong. 
Peter Sterling for me is someone who potentially would have some idea about that, but he hasn't. He's not sitting in a box doing it week in he week out. Coached at all during his like he's a, he's uh, a great analyst of the game. He does the commentary, but he's not someone who's been around. Well, they've got, I think they've got John Cartwright there, do they, on the staff? Daly's got Cartwright on the staff? No? I think he does. I thought he had... Uh, I, can't even I think he's got there. John Cartwright there. So I thought he had the same bloke forever, the bloody bloke that used to be at the Sharks. No, I've, Ricky I've, no I think he's gone. So oh. I think Johnny Cartwright's in there as his assistant. Don't quote me on it, but that's the area for me that we've got to get right. I'm not convinced that we can beat them through the middle of the field. Uh, I'm not convinced that... As good of an upgrade as I think Pete's is to Farah, I'm not sure that he's going to have as big of an impact on this game than what Cameron Smith is, even if Cameron Smith is playing behind a beaten pack. Well, Pete serves the purpose of what we're talking about in enabling our halves and Tedesco to be the focal points. But if your pack doesn't lay the platform, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, that's the thing with people going, Tedesco, Pierce need big games. If the forward pack doesn't do their job, and your main worry is what you've just said, and I look at the middle... Fafita's going to kill it, and I have all faith in Fafita. But you've got Woods there who's on a bung hamstring, and I don't really like him in general. I don't think he makes a great impact. He doesn't bend the line. He doesn't offload. And then you look at the bench, you've got Trebojevic and you've got Clemmer. Clemmer's straight up and down, but you're only going to get a short basic stint. And Trebojevic honestly, thinks more of a starter than a bench player. He doesn't have impact running the football. He'll take some carries. He'll do his jobs. He's a great defender. But who's honestly bending the line there? And then you've got Graham, who plays on an edge, who I don't know how he's planning on using him. Um, if he starts Frizzell as a lock, he's going to have to put him on at some point. Does he move Jackson tight, give Graham that edge, or what happens there? And then Jack Bird. Like they've talked about him coming on at nine, but otherwise, we've just picked a utility for the sake of picking a utility. And I would have rather pick Paul Vaughan and go hammer and tong with Vaughan and Fafita through the middle of the field and really give us a chance to lay that platform we're talking about so Pete's can do that job that Farrah never did and supply our halves with the football to get a Tedesco and these guys involved. Yeah. For me, understated is the home record, just just the home ground advantage for Queensland. I think that's very, very un- understated, particularly in game one when it's going to be close. Uh, I have huge concerns over our discipline, um, whether we can win the win the penalty count first and foremostly and win the error count. I, I, I doubt that we win either, but if I, I guarantee that if we win the penalty count and win the error count, we'll win the match. Whether or not we're going to be able to do that is a different story. Building pressure, that's a huge part in State of Origin. Look, I think Queensland definitely have the edge there. I don't have a lot of faith in our key players. Pete's doesn't really have a great kicking game. He Uh, doesn't have a kicking game, really. Pierce and Maloney uh, aren't proven in terms of building pressure. They're very explosive, and in an open game, they're going to be very... uh, very good, but I'm just not sure how effective their kicking game is going to be. It's going to have to be good. Well, they had the least amount of dropouts a couple of years ago when they were paired together at the Roosters, but obviously they were a great side. They dominated. They scored plenty of tries and had a, a good hand in that, and they linked together. Yeah. They play well together, but again, it comes down to the forward pack. And I just I, know that... That and the interchanges, much like you've said, now you look at it more and more, is what's worrying me. I look at Queensland, they're going to get their kicking game right. I know that for a fact. Well, probably the it doesn't matter. Thing. Milford's not going to have to kick. It'll be Smith and Cronk that'll be kicking. They've got a left and right footer. They've got a dummy half and a halves kicker. I think the one who's under more pressure now is Smith because usually his two or three contributions with his boot are outstanding. But mm. the fact that Cronk will basically be the dominant one now, I think Smith's going to have to kick a few more times. And you know he's going to get it right. Yeah. But Cronk also, and again, I'm a Melbourne man, so it's easy for me to say, I reckon he's been playing awful this year and I think his kicking game has been terrible. Mm. I don't think it's been anywhere near as good as what it was probably two years ago. Um, I think that's one part of his game that actually last year also was lacking. So 
Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on him, and it's on us again mm. to really, really bring kick pressure. And then on the flip side of it, we need to build pressure, good set finishes, and just find a way to strangle them in possession. If we give seven tackle sets, if we can't force any dropouts and do these kind of things and execute kick pressure on them, even if we do think we're going to win the middle, which a lot of people seem to think we do, it's not going to matter if you give seven tackle sets away and you can't maintain pressure. Mm. I think... We definitely need to start well. We need to play straight, fast, direct, and differentiate. Don't play the same as how they're going to play us. They're going to, we know how they're going to try and roll through us. They'll look for penalties. Then when they get down in good ball, they're going to play that block-block shape. They're going to get to their points, and they're going to execute because they've got a better spine, no doubt about that. They've got the best player on the field in terms of Smith. He'll roll the ruck. He'll give good service out of nine, and he'll defend well. Um, but for me, I've, I've, I'm going to pick Queensland 14-10, just on that, if I think this game's played 100 times, I think they probably win it 60 times. Uh, I give them a 60-40 chance of winning this game. And uh, I've got Matt Gillette as the man of the match, and I've got uh, Blake Ferguson as my first try scorer. But I think they've got a better forward pack than us minus Nate Miles, and I, I don't know how Nate Miles is going to roll up and play. I've got zero faith in Aaron Woods. I have very little faith in... David Clemmer. I have very, very little faith in how he's going to use Wade Graham off the bench. And Bird. And, and Bird. I think Bird should have started. And I love Trebojevic, but like I said before, he's not an impact player. He yeah. doesn't attack or off like, like he he has a tip, but all the kind of things he does well relate well to club because he's got his brother and players around him. In this sense, coming off the bench, doing that kind of a job, he's just a spade. He's going to be taking carries, making his tackles, which is all well and good, but I'm kind of with you. We could have done better with our forward pack if it had been picked correctly. And yeah, also, players. I think, defensively, who's who's going to be able to defend for long periods of time and not give up points? I, I definitely back them to do that better than what we will. Uh, and that's just based on past experience and the last 10 years, that they they absorb pressure and then apply it, whereas we don't absorb pressure well at all. We, we tend to give up a lot of points in well, bunches and prime example, we crack easily. So. Was it, the seri- it wasn't this series we won. I think it was the year before me and you were there, and we just we had them. We had them beaten down, pinned, constantly having them coming out of their own half. And there was one moment where Smith, I think, after four or five sets of us having them barely get outside their 30, jumped Kicked. early, left foot, 65 metres almost it rolled on a dime about five out from the line in the corner they hammered Dugan I think we made an error not long after they scored Yeah, and we had them pinned for about 20 minutes um, moments like that change games but it's really big and we've said it before and we'll say it again interchanges and the way this side has been picked is a real worry yeah um, look for me it's it is a genuine worry Spine I give them the edge I think they've got the best player in Smith and it's at home uh, am I more confident this year than what I have been in previous years that we can win? Yes, because yeah. there's no Inglis, there's no Scott, there's no Thurston, um, and there's no Parker. So yeah. there's a lot of key players that have dropped out of this side, but I think we've always said, you know, it doesn't matter who drop, falls out for Queensland because they've got two or three players just as good to come in. So that notion is going to be tested a little bit. Uh, I, I do think it's a very, very evenly matched game. And I'll just give them the edge because for those three reasons. Spine, best player, and they're at home. Well, I honestly think, again, those few guys that I said last week, Lilliman, Miles, they'll probably not prove me wrong. Guerra has been average but not bad. I think they'll all do their job. You know what is going to do? Uh, I still don't understand the Morgan thing, but they always pick a utility. So that's what they do. Yeah. Looking at theirs, I was trying to figure out who the subs would be. Because uh, Thido probably plays tight. Not You'd have to think 
Gillette's going to play 80. You know Napa's not going to play a full game, and obviously Miles is not going to play a full game, but Maguire and Papali, you'd almost expect that one of them's going to have to go close to a full game as well. Mm. Well, they might get a short stint for a Morgan. Um, but that was all I was looking at. As much as I think their bench will do their job, I was looking at the subs and trying to figure out they're going to need big minutes in particular from probably Papali and Gillette not to go off for long at all. Mm. Uh, and Maguire's going to have to do a fair stint as well. So. Put, put my bias hat on as a New South Wales fan. What do I want to see? I want to see Mitchell Pearce have a good game. I so want to see I. him lead us to a win. That's our forward pack's job, though. Correct. And this is why you know, plenty of people will kick him if uh, if they don't get the result. But, you know but the I, don't, I'm not, I don't have any faith that they pick the right forward if pack. If our forward pack dogs it, you know what everyone's going to do. They're just going to blame Pearce again. And Dump they'll on blame Pierce. Tedesco and they'll blame whoever else, and that's where it's so wrong. So yeah. I think this is career-defining as much as everyone else is still going to probably kiss his ass. Uh, game for Aaron Woods. Yeah, if he's a genuine origin player and, and he's this big gun front rower, he's got a massive job to do and Clamour coming off the bench. I don't think he's anywhere near as much on Fafita because he's never been given the opportunity to play big minutes. This is his Fafita first. Fafita was the best player in the grand final. This is his first Scored opportunity. Scored game winning try in the grand final. Yeah, but this is his first opportunity in origin to actually get some minutes because yeah. Lorielli's fucked up the subs and never put him on the field for long enough to make an impact. He hasn't started him. Aaron Wood, yeah, and he's given him 15 minutes and then taking him off and not putting him back on. Yeah. Woods, I do think if they can roll and Pete's can get out, yeah. then look out. But I. Frizzell, these kind of guys need to get on the back and just help. he's going to have to help out as well. I know he's starting and they're talking about putting him on an edge, but if he's in tight, he needs to make an impact. If Graham comes on tight, all these guys are going to have to really chip in. I, I still think we messed up by not picking Vaughan. We needed that extra person with a feeder to do us a job along with Frizzell, and then you have your other guys on the edges like Graham and Cordner who would have benefited from us having three big guys that are so dynamic in the middle with footwork, power, and offloads. But I think we've got too many guys at the same, really. Yeah, we do. A couple of workers. We don't have those power guys. I still like the pack. But again, the subs make a big difference as to how you win that middle. We um, also... Um, hate defensively as Chechen well. and Sutton refereeing the game. Yep. I like that Cummins isn't there because I think Cummins hates us. Hates the Blues. Just <laughs> pins us all the time. So uh, We've also got some other things as well, though. Hain, match fitness. So I think, you know, he's got well, some defensively, games. We go back to your point. Defensively, he's been poor. He's been I've, exposed a few times yeah. on his uh, coming in. Well, for him, on his I think inside he's shoulder. very lucky he's on O'Neill's side of the field because I don't think he's as big a threat or in great form. If he was on the other side of the field with Chambers, Milford, Papali, I'd probably be a little bit worried. Uh, but the fact he's with O'Neill, Gillette's going to give him some trouble if he runs. But you know what you're gonna, he's going to do? He's going to run a hard line, but... Yeah, he'll come. He'll come to Haynes' inside shoulder. There's not going to be very often where Gillette's going to hit his outside shoulder. No, that's one that I look at. And the other one's Dugan. They're saying that he's got to wait right up to game day to be cleared. Um, that kind of worries me. So I hope his face is all good because if he gets busted early, I know it's easy. We put Bird in. There's a quick reshuffle, but it's not ideal to just drop a that's player right. into a game after three weeks. Particularly of not with how well he played in the test. Like if he can bring that sort of form, it's going to be a huge plus for us. Three weeks off again. It's just yeah. You know, there's a lot of question marks there, but. If we're going to get right down to the nitty-gritty and finish things off here, I'm looking at New South Wales. The substitutes worry me, but it's as simple as this. We need to be error-free, simple game and win the middle. Um, good set finishes are a must, and they have to just strangle. And if they do bank points, they've just got to go for gold. Basically, if they get any points and they've got to bank them, they've just got to continue to keep pushing. I think we can be a little more dynamic with those forwards, but like you said, execution is the big question and laying that platform. Woods' health, Dugan's health, like Hayne playing out there, and I still don't think he's got great match fitness. And the big thing is the kick pressure. I think we have to pressure Smith and Cronk because you know he's going to do all the kicking, but Smith more so is going to have to contribute a little bit more. But on the Queensland side, uh, for them, I think they're going to do all the things we spoke about. They're going to try and control. 
the ruck speed in particular. Early kicks like they always do. Uh, Smith and Cronk have got a huge job. The bench is going to have to make an impact. As much as you look at it and you might say they're out of form, they're going to have very simple jobs to do. And they're going to ask for big minutes out of those couple of guys and to absorb pressure like you're talking about. Um, but you know what they're going to be doing? They're going to be going after Maloney and Hayne. Yeah. Maloney's missed the most tackles in the comp, and he gives away the most penalties. And on that side of the field where he is, guess who's run at him? Matt Gillette. And Matt Gillette's going to come at him all day. Yeah. And the other week when Hess was running at him, which is why I was laughing, thinking they were going to pick him, Cohen Hess just hammered him all night when they played the, the Sharks the other week. He gave him an absolute nightmare. Maloney had that look on his face like, do I have to do this again? And he was just piggybacking him. So yeah. don't think Gillette's going to give him any less grief than what he would have got there. Um, I reckon Smith's going to work over Woods just quietly. If that hamstring's bad and he's lazy through the middle and we've already seen his ruck defense in a couple of the Tigers games, right. he better be up for it because Cameron Smith's going to come after him if that hamstring's not all good. And Dugan, no different. I talked about his face. Papali's on that side of the field. What do you think you're going to do there? Yeah. If they can get outside there and put pressure on Dugan, uh, you've got Chambers with his footwork and then Papali and Milford. So if Haynes not up for the task, there's plenty of trouble on that side of the field. So little positional things, couple of guys health-wise, as much as I like the side we've picked, and the substitutes, uh, I think we're probably both of a similar opinion that a lot of people were ripping on this side last week, and we question a few decisions, but you're stupid to just think this is New South Wales. It is ours to win, but a lot has to go right. Yeah, I think so. I, so a lot of people are talking like it's... It's done and dusted. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's far from done and dusted. There's no doubt about that, and... Said it before, Pierce, Maloney, not really great with force at the dropouts, most missed tackles in the comp, Maloney, uh, and obviously the most penalised. So that is the real, real big thing at the end of the day that needs to happen. And like I said, there's six of eight up there, and uh, these games generally don't get over 20 points. The opening game hasn't been over 20 points scored by either side since 2010. So if it's a close affair, Smith's the difference. I'm going to go New South Wales, um, but I agree with a lot of things you've said, 100%. So yeah. I, I just... Yeah, I, I'm flipping a coin, but yeah. because it's up there, I'll stick with them and I'll be happy if we do get the win. I, it could easily get If it's 14-10 the other way, I won't be surprised at all. But we've, got to, we've got to make a prediction and that's my prediction. So Yeah, and Smith's going to dictate things. Big job for their forward pack. The backs definitely need to help. Oates is going to be, I think, huge for them helping out that forward pack as well. The yardage work he did last year when he got himself in there, yeah. uh, he's another thing I think. I'd also, been... I'd also like to see our forwards... Start laying a few of them out. Exactly. Be aggressive. That's what I mean. As a, as Start a whole. flogging them. Even the carries, everything's just got to be it's next level. Week. And we're going up there. It's about time we send a bit of a message instead of going out there and looking like a deer in the headlights. Turn on a turn on a blue. If that's what it's going to take, turn, like, stick it up on them a little bit. Get Clemmer out there for 10 minutes just to punch holes in someone for yeah, all I care. Good. And take the subby. But there's got to be a turning point at some point where we just go, we're sick of this. Yeah. That's my main thing. And I really hope it does happen. But you, you've gone Queensland 14-10. Yeah, man of the match, Matt Gillette, and your first try scorer is Blake Ferguson. Yeah, I think we we're going to have to start well to win, and I think Queensland may be a little bit rusty to start, just trying to work out those combinations. There's a few bits there, isn't there? Yeah. yeah so, I, and I just think there's going to be more pressure on New South Wales to start well. So, but I think we've got more, just as many out of position or a few little bits there that we have to work out. Yeah. So, I hope the camp's gone well. I think Pete's will do his job, and that's simple. And Maloney, and Pierce, but yeah. You've got Hayne kind of a little bit out of sorts there, and if they flip Jackson, and then just the substitutes like we spoke about. So um, there's a few little bits and pieces there, but I've gone New South Wales 16-10. My man of the match, I'm going to back for feeder to have a blinder and first try, Tyson Frizzell and Gossip. He's gone Queensland 20-14, Smith, Cameron Smith for the man of the match, and Corey Oates, first try scorer. He's just picked the favourites in every market, mate. 
He's a wanker, that bloke. What he's doing, gossip. You're not here, and then you've just picked everything that's the favourite in the market. And looking at this game with William Hill... .com, State of Origin 1, Queensland are $1.92 outsider. New South Wales have just grabbed favouritism. They're $1.90 with William Hill. Minus half a point is a line. The unders is surely a bet of the game. Under 33.5. I reckon it's going to be ugly. Yeah. So if you get the unders on uh, the game, 33.5 total points of William Hill, $1.90. 1 to 12 is, again, one of those markets. If you're going to back someone, Queensland or New South Wales, either way, it's 1 to 12. $2.70. 13 plus is $6 on that one. And when you look at men of the matches on this one, uh, I think I saw that Cameron Smith was the favorite with WilliamHill.com as far as the man of the match betting is concerned. He is $6. Cooper Cronk next at 7. Mitchell Pierce and Maloney at 9 and 10. Boyd, Darius Boyd at 10. Boyd Cordner at 11. Fafida, who I like, uh, he's at $13. Who do you have? You had Matt Gillette, $17 if you like Matt Gillette. Tedesco, if he has a good one, $13. Who's another rougher, you think? Someone in the deep rods. Pete. Nathan Pete. Milford. Nathan Pete's at $26. So Milford. Pretty good odds there. You get 13 for Milf. I reckon Keep like... scrolling down. Again, you, you talk about these guys. Wade Graham potentially off the bench. What's he? $67. That's pretty yeah. huge. I don't know about someone off the bench, but... Morgan, uh, like Morgan's what? $81. What if he starts? Well, I'll tell you How what, would you know? You, you don't know whether he's going to start. If anybody out there, if you want to have just a rough 10, if Morgan does start, that's... That's yeah. pretty nice. Odds. He's been playing well the last few weeks at um, at club level as well. So Corey Oates, Dane Gagai, these kind of guys that are playing the wings. If Gagai yeah. gets a hat trick again, does the yardage work? Cement Lilliman, one hundred fifty one. He's uh, he's not getting. If one, you want but... to have a bet on Cement Lilliman for the man of the match, I'll gladly take it, and I'll give you two hundred fifty one. <laughs> well, there you go. Your man of the match pick with William Hill, seventeen dollars for Gillette. Mine, thirteen dollars with Andrew Fafita. Gossip. He's gone the favourite in Smith uh, at six dollars. Come on, gossip. Yeah. Bear it up a bit, mate. Mate. Too vanilla. You've got to do something other than just take the favourites. Come on, mate. He's that guy, is he? Yeah, he's done that. Favourite punter. And Oatsy. Oatsy's got to be the favourite for first try, surely, no, for Queensland. Um, but yeah, looking at any other markets you got here, the margin betting we've already gone through. Overs and unders is the one I really, really like. Uh, half-time, full-time combinations. Honestly, this wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you know, Queens... If, if I was going to back something... In this market, I'd go Queensland to lead first half, New South Wales to win at 750. Mm. That's uh, one that I don't really mind, to be honest. But that's some odds from WilliamHill.com on the state of Origin 1. Hopefully, that was a decent preview for everybody out there and nice and in depth. But to finish things off, we have to tip in the dark, mate. We have to tip round 13. Yeah, let's do it. So we'll do we, that. Have we got any gossip? We do have some gossip to go through as well. So it's that time. Brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. Lola here, finally, to the Tigers. Obviously, that's been announced today. So that's the first bit of gossip we've got there. Nathan Peets, mate, he's going to be locked in with the good. Titans. So good bit of news there. Good bit of business. Apparently asked for too much from Parramatta. They weren't willing to budge on 500 now that he's an origin player. Uh, they've just kind of cut off the talks there. So that's done and dusted. Good result for you guys. Melbourne Storm, keen on Blake Austin, but unlikely to leave unless a massive offer is made. Well, mm. that one interests me a little bit, and I don't understand why we'd make a massive offer for Blake Austin. I think he's a good player, but again, he's had one big season. He had an okay finish that year at the Tigers before he came in at that one big season, but I don't think he's going to solve many problems at Melbourne. And no. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't throw a million dollars at him, that's for sure. So that one, don't think it'll happen. Nate Miles, a done deal to the Storm. Wow. 
Well, if there's one man that can get the best out of 100% aging props, it's Craig Bellamy. I'm so. not going to argue with that or the Cassiano one. As much as I'm not a real big fan, uh, Craig Bellamy is borderline god. So I'm yep. not going to argue with him. Tyron Roberts, he's going to turn away offers that he's got from the UK and stay on the Gold Coast for much less. And apparently Ooh. there's been some big offers to Why go overseas. Yeah. If you want to play in the NRL, which he should be, um, I'm still surprised somebody like the Tigers wasn't interested in bringing him down there, to be honest. Well, they probably were. I thought that was a club that would uh, definitely hang their hat out there. Newcastle looking for half, but obviously he's already been there, so that's not an option for them. Mm. And the last bit, Eastwood to the Tigers. Apparently he quashed those rumours, but it looks like it's happening. Have fun with that. So that's what Mr. Gossip's got there. I like Ivan Cleary, but that's one I wouldn't be making. You want to be getting him on the cheap. Well, that's the thing. I yeah. think he only re-signed a new deal last year, so I think he's got two or three years to go. So if it's Yeah, a- but if the... Dog's having a fire sale. He's probably they're probably picking up half of it. Yeah, well, they'd have to be picking something up for me to take Greg Eastwood off the hands. So that's for sure. But yeah. uh, that's all the gossip we've got now. The tips and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com for round thirteen. We've got no lineups. We don't know who's going to be backing up, so it's a little bit difficult. But it's probably better uh, this way, mate. We will just do it this way on the Monday night. What's, what's the what are the score? We got a score update. We got a score update. Last week you got four from four, so you're on fifty-seven. I got three, and Gossip got three, so I'm on fifty-six running last, and he's on sixty-two okay. out in front still. We're going to so peg him back here. He's uh, he's got out in front, and one of us has to get after him. There's no doubt about that. But first game of the round, Friday night, Storm versus Newcastle. Uh, Storm, you're going to have Cronk, Chambers, and Smith all playing full games. You'd assume. I don't know if they'll back up, but honestly, I'm still going to tip Melbourne, and that is because Munster. Billy Slater will be there, and our young number seven, Brody Croft, I thought he was outstanding last year playing his first game. And there's a young number nine, Brandon Smith, who I have a big rap on. If those guys come in and we get a look to the future, I'm confident we can still get Newcastle. They win. Yeah, so. they win. And Billy Slater will be raging. Oh, hopefully he has a blind. And Jesse Bromwich is back from his suspension. So if he's not up for a big game this week, look out. How, how, did, they, how did that work out, that he got... Two matches well, and Proctor got club four. Band, it's so. stupid, but isn't it? Like, no. like we both support the different teams, and I wouldn't have complained if they were flipped the other way. I'd still be saying the same thing. Integrity unit. This is what I thought their job was to come yeah, in to and make sure something in this situation. Right. But the clubs handled the NRL stay out of the way. It looks but, foolish, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Slater and Bromwich in particular, a lot. Well, Slater has nothing to prove, but Bromwich does this week, and a couple oh, of young does. kids on show. Tohu Harris a couple of games back in. They've had the break, so... Jesse Bromwich has been a passenger in Melbourne this year. 100%. It's, uh, so, it's time to step up. And Gossip, he is also gone along with us there on the Storm. So, clean sweep. They're thirteen favourites with William Hill. $6 for Newcastle. Minus 16.5. Jesus. I'll tell you what, I'll be taking that start yeah. with uh, the players that have played Origin. Uh, 1-12, to the Storm, $3.75. $7 Newcastle. 13-plus Storm, $157. $17 Newcastle. Second game... Friday night, Eels versus the Warriors. Uh, Norman reportedly going to be back earlier than thought, but not this week. Again, we're on Monday, so we can't really tell. With that being the case, uh, I'm going to be tipping the Warriors. This is their kind of time of the year. Warriors. Yep. Yeah, Warriors. I, again, I, I really want to see this game. Yep, and uh, Gossip, he's gone the Eels, so he's gone the upset. <laughs> With William Hill, they are the favourites, Parramatta. $1.65. Well, that, that kind of surprised me, to be honest. I'll be taking the two twenty-five offered by William Hill and the Warriors. Minus two and a half is a line. One to twelve eels three dollars three fifty for the Warriors. Thirteen plus the eels three sixty five dollars for the Warriors. Super Saturday kicks off. It is the Dragons versus the Tigers. They've got two in Origin, but so do the Tigers. Lola here's across. Does he play this weekend? Uh, well, he will be named tomorrow. You would assume, but honestly, they've been playing terrible. The Dragons coming off that break. 
DeBellin coming out of Origin Camp and Vaughan after the snubbing. I'd expect a big performance from the Dragons, and Widop was said to be very close. So I don't know if he gets named or not, because it is only the Monday, and we don't know, but I'll be going the Dragons. Dragons, easily. Yeah, and gossips on the Dragons. Clean sweep with WilliamHill.com, $1.34. Favourites are the Dragons, three twenty-five for the Tigers, minus 8.5 is a line. 1-12 Dragons, $3.450. Tigers, 13-plus, 235 eight fifty. For the Tigers, Roosters, Broncos, one of these games, it should be a cracker, but you're going to have 12 players backing up. Or, sorry, 11 players and McCulloch possibly back from injury. Um, the only way I've tipped this one is that Sydney got hammered last time. They're going to be wanting revenge. Brisbane have more guys involved, so I'm going to be tipping the Roosters, but this is hard to pick with so many guys coming back from origin. Roosters. And Gossips, he's with us with the Roosters. They are the favourites with William Hill, $1.68. 220 for the Broncos, minus 2.5 is a line. 1-12. Roosters three dollars three fifty Broncos thirteen plus Roosters three sixty five dollars Broncos and it closes out in North Queensland it is the Cowboys versus the Gold Coast Titans uh, they've got four players in this one the Cowboys and there's two on the Titans side of things it is at North Queensland there will be no Jonathan Thurston uh, mate what do you reckon you're going to go I'm going the Titans yeah I I like us against the Cowboys without Thurston whenever Thurston tends to play he runs rings around us but I like us uh, up there. I think we've probably got a little bit more to play for as well. Uh, well I think, again, Orion James had a quite a year so far. He's been okay. Um, he'd look to push his case. I don't think he'll get a run this year. But Jared Wallace is another one who missed yeah. out. So I think he'll back up. Uh, Petey, if he doesn't play a full game, you'd think he might be a possibility. And Hayne as well playing the outside backs. Where uh, On the other side, there's obviously going to be a big responsibility on Tamalala to keep leading. Morgan coming back in. O'Neill. Uh, I'm going to tip the Cowboys, not with a whole lot of faith. I wanted to go to the Titans, but I'm just going to go them purely because it's at home. And yeah, I just, I think... You burned me last time again when they played yeah, Manly. This, this is, again, one of those games they probably will get up for, but um, very disappointed last start. Agree, yeah. So. I just think we've got more points than what the, the, the sides that they've been able to roll over recently, the Cowboys. Yep, and Gossip, he's gone the Cowboys as well. They are the favourites, $1.50, $2.60 for the Gold Coast Titans, minus 6 is the line in this one one to twelve cows three dollars three seventy five the Titans thirteen plus two ninety for the cows and six fifty for the Titans Sunday Manly versus Canberra it is at Manly where they've had a terrible record this year um, still Tommy missing I you know went against them last time they proved me wrong the only player they've got you know, Jake Chavoyevich I suppose and you've obviously got Nate Miles backing up uh, on the camera side of Tony Papali so. As much as they've disappointed me and Manly keep proving me wrong, I think Raiders again. They blew this game last time. They were too busy trying to fight Dylan Walker. I hope they turn up and get the job done here. I'm going to put my faith in them, but I, yeah. That's the reason I'm picking them. Yeah, they need revenge. That's the reason I'm picking them. And Manly are at home, so tick and tick for me. Yep, and uh, Gossip, he's gone Manly, and I don't blame him. I was very tempted to do so as well, but see what happens here. They're $1.83 at home. Manly favourites with William Hill. Canberra $1.98, minus one and a half. Is the line one to twelve Manly three fifteen three thirty the Raiders thirteen plus Manly four dollars four fifty the Raiders and the last game of the round it is the Dogs versus the Panthers I don't know why the odds are not available for this one just give me two seconds to see if we can get a market don't know if that's got anything to do with the fact that Moylan has been swapped around apparently today training at five eight Dylan Edwards at fullback now that Bryce Cartwright has been ruled out for a while uh, but we found the odds for this one. Uh, honestly, I think it's about time Moylan finally moves into the front line. Cartwright never should have been playing six. Edward should come into the side. 
all these questions need to be answered. They've been playing pretty poor. This is apparently what he wants. He's going to get it this weekend, and it's against a dog side that's origin affected. So if Penrith can't win this one, uh, I'm basically happy to put a pen through him for the rest of the year. Yeah, Panthers. So no, zero faith. We're both on the Panthers. Gossip, you backstabbing dog. He's tipped the dogs. Of course he has. No faith in his own side. And with William Hill, the Panthers are the favourites. $1.80. $2 are the doggies. Uh, minus one and a half is the line. In this one, Dogs 1 to 12, 3.30, Penrith 3.15, Dogs 13 plus 4.50, Penrith $4. Mate, charity bet, we didn't have one last week in the short round. Oh, I think there's a couple of doozies in here. I honestly think that 225 for the Warriors is on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, and, I'm happy uh, with that. You know what, well, you, you've got your Titans down here. I don't know about multi in that one, that's a bit dangerous. Well, we should have a bet on the origin as well. Origin? To be fair, yeah. Yeah, well, the problem is... We've... I think either either team... You get either back the under. Could we back the under in the origin into the Warriors? Yeah. Well, there you go. We'll combo that up this week. So, bet for this week. We're going to go under 33 and a half uh, in the state of origin into the Warriors to win at 225. So, I've got the games here. If I click on 225 and then I go back to the state of origin... And I picked the unders. Bet slip. Boom. Bet slip up there, 428. So with our bonus bet, you get $328 after the dividend yep. if that bet goes on. So that is our charity bet. Thanks to WilliamHill.com. Thank you very much for coming on board again this year, supporting our charity, which is the Great Walk Foundation, which happened last week, Brock. I gave some information. The Great Walk, some guys from our local community, uh, they help out the Hawkesbury, Blue Mountains, Greater Western Region. They raise lots of money from a 170-kilometre walk they do over a week. Um, it goes to different hospitals that are isolated and don't get the equipment they need. There's community buses and other bits and pieces, just a lot of things that are underfunded. So 10 years from the Great Walk Foundation, they just cracked the $1 million mark. Sensational. Yeah, Absolutely sensational. MG did it. And Jonathan, Jonathan Green, Green, Mark yeah, Mulock, all those guys up there, outstanding initiatives by them. And uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we're doing a luncheon, actually, at the Pioneer Tavern. We are. It is June the 16th, if I'm not mistaken. It must be two weeks on Friday. June 16th on the Friday, and that is basically for the Great Walk Foundation. We are raising money for them. Crack June the... 9th. Hang on. No, it's June 16th. It's the Friday. Okay. So at the Friday there, Pioneer Tavern, if you've got any interest in that or you want to come along, feel free. Me and Brock are always happy to meet anyone. We'll be emceeing this event. It's Wendell Saylor, Mark Guy, Origin Business Lunch Uncut. So some good behind-the-scenes stories there. Uh, some drinks, a buffet, a lunch. Mick Meredith, the comedian's there. You'll, you'll get some great insight, and there's lots of good people as well uh, as the people from the Walk, Great Walk Foundation who will be there. So uh, if you want to look them up, they have some Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or their website, www.greatwalk.com foundation.com they're our charity for this year but yes the bet in the origin under 33 and a half total points into the New Zealand Warriors to win at 428 but it's all done and dusted mate game yes. one is upon us uh, an extended round but origin affected but I'm happy that there's some games back on but the big focus and that was the focus of this show the game one preview fingers crossed the Blues can get the job done but God knows what Laurie Daly does with his interchanges in his bench, and God knows what Queensland do. We've written a few of these guys off, but every time a player gets written off for Queensland, they seem to bite us on the backside. Yep. They haven't won 10 of the last 11 for no reason. So looking forward to Wednesday night. Enjoy your week, and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you? What's going on here? Is that it?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.